one of the most bipartisanly popular legal policies in the United States is term limits. Since the passage of the 22nd Amendment to the Constitution in 1951, the U.S. President has been limited to two terms of four years each. The only president ever to serve more than two terms was Franklin Roosevelt, who was elected four times and served from 1933 to 1945. Although members of the U.S. Supreme Court currently serve until death or resignation, the idea of judicial term limits has recently become more popular. Recently, most calls for term limits have targeted members of Congress. At the moment, members of the House of Representatives serve terms of two years each, while members of the Senate serve terms of six years each. Both representatives and senators can serve for an unlimited amount of terms. As a result, there have been, there have been and still are many congresspersons who have served for very long periods of time. Both houses have a title called the Dean, which refers to the longest-serving member of the House. The Dean of the House of Representatives is Republican Don Young of Alaska, who has served since 1973. The Dean of the Senate is Democrat Patrick Leahy of Vermont, who has served since 1975. In addition, the Senate also has a president pro tempore, who denotes the longest serving member of the majority party in the Senate. The president pro tempore of the Senate is also third in the presidential line of succession, behind the vice president and the speaker of the House of Representatives. As the Democrats are currently the majority party, Patrick Leahy is the president pro tempore. Until the Senate elections in 2020, this title was held by Republican Chuck Grassley of Iowa, who has served since 1981. Because of the longevity of these congresspersons' terms, term limits are widely seen as a way to avoid an older, stagnant member of Congress and replace them with new faces. lengths of these members' terms pale in comparison to those of past members. The longest-serving member of the U.S. House of Representatives in U.S. history was Democrat John Dingell of Michigan. Dingell was initially elected in a special election to replace his deceased father, John Dingell Sr., in 1955. He served until 2015, when he declined to run for re-election, and his wife, Debbie Dingell, was elected to his seat which he holds to this day. The second longest was Democrat Jamie Witten of Mississippi. Witten, a prominent New Deal supporter, was elected in a special election in 1941. He served until his retirement in 1995. The third longest was Democrat John Conyers of Michigan. Conyers, a civil rights advocate, took office in 1965. In 2017, he resigned in the wake of a sexual assault scandal. The longest-serving senator in U.S. history was Democrat Robert Byrd of West Virginia. Byrd, who had previously served as Grand Wizard of a local Ku Klux Klan chapter, initially took office in 1959. In 2010, Byrd's tenure ended when he died from natural causes at the age of 92. The second longest was Democrat Daniel Inouye of Hawaii. Anyway, a former Japanese-American internment camp prisoner who lost his right arm to a grenade fighting in World War II, first entered the Senate in 1963. He served until 2012, when he died at the age of 88 from respiratory complications. 
As for the third longest serving senator, well, I'll need much more time to talk about him. From spending eight decades in politics, to running a major third party presidential campaign, to nearly shooting down crucial civil rights legislation, this congressman dominated American politics for much of the mid to late 20th century. I'm going to tell you all about him right now on Historia Obscura. Welcome to Historia Obscura. This is the 33rd episode of this podcast, and I'm so glad you've stuck around. Special thank you to Patreon subscriber Sodak Zach. If you want to receive a shout-out in every episode, among other benefits, help support this podcast by going to patreon.com slash Historia Obscura and becoming a patron. One more thing, make sure to stick around for a little to hear a message about the sponsor of this episode of Historia Obscura, Anchor. If you want to make your own podcast, you'll want to know everything about how to use Anchor. James Strom Thurmond was born on December 5, 1902, in Edgefield, South Carolina. As a child, Thurmond lived on a large plantation, with many of the descendants of slaves working as sharecroppers. He attended Clemson University, graduating with a B.S. in horticulture in 1923. In 1925, at the age of 22, Thurmond had an affair with his family's 16-year-old black housekeeper, Carrie Butler. You're going to want to remember this for later. Thurmond then worked as a high school teacher and part-time track coach. In 1929, he was appointed as the Edgefield County Superintendent of Schools. While working as a teacher, Thurmond studied law, and in 1930, he was admitted to the South Carolina State Bar. He later served as the Edgefield County District Attorney. In the 1932 presidential election, he was a vocal supporter of the Democratic candidate, Franklin Roosevelt. Seeing Roosevelt as an advocate for the common man, Thurmond campaigned for Roosevelt. Following Roosevelt's victory, he was invited to the new president's inauguration. In 1933, Thurmond was elected to the South Carolina Senate, which he served in until 1938, when he was elected as a state circuit court judge. In 1942, Thurmond, at the age of 39, resigned from his judicial seat to enlist in the U.S. Army during World War II. He fought on D-Day in 1944, piloting a glider during Operation Overlord. He was later awarded the Legion of Merit and the Purple Heart. By the end of the war, Thurmond had risen to the rank of lieutenant colonel. Following the war, Thurmond returned to politics. He ran in the 1946 gubernatorial election in South Carolina. In the Democratic primary, Thurmond narrowly defeated physician James C. McLeod. Since the Democratic Party dominated the state's politics at the time, Thurmond ran unopposed in the general election, and in 1947, he was inaugurated as governor of South Carolina. After becoming governor, Strom Thurmond married his first wife, Jean Crouch. 
During his tenure, Thurmond was actually seen as racially progressive, having previously played a major part in charging the 31 men who lynched a black man named Willie Earl. However, this reputation soon faded following the events of the 1948 Democratic National Convention. At the convention, incumbent U.S. President Harry Truman and his running mate, Kentucky Senator Alvin Barkley, proposed the addition of a civil rights legislation to the party's platform. This outraged Thurmond, a vehement supporter of racial segregation. Thurmond, along with 34 other Southern delegates, walked out of the convention. They formed the States' Rights Democratic Party, better known as the Dixiecrat Party. The party chose Strom Thurmond as its presidential candidate, with Mississippi Governor Fielding Wright as his running mate. The Republican Party, meanwhile, selected New York Governor Thomas Dewey, with California Governor and future Supreme Court Chief Justice Earl Warren as his running mate. In the election, Thurmond won 39 electoral votes, carrying the states of Alabama, Louisiana, Mississippi, and South Carolina, along with one faithless elector from Tennessee. It was the first time since Reconstruction that a Deep South state broke from the Democratic Party. In a massive upset victory, Truman won the election with 303 electoral votes to Dewey's 189. Following his failed campaign, Thurmond returned to the Democratic Party. He lost the 1950 Senate primary to incumbent South Carolina Senator Olin Johnston. In the 1952 presidential election, he broke with the Democratic Party again by by endorsing the Republican candidate, former Supreme Allied Commander Dwight Eisenhower, as opposed to the Democratic candidate, Illinois Governor Adlai Stevenson, who attended Princeton University in New Jersey. Eisenhower later won the election. Two years later, South Carolina's other senator, Burnett Maybank, died suddenly, and the state's Democratic Party nominated unpopular state senator Edgar Brown to replace him. Since he couldn't get on the ballot, Thurman decided to run a writing campaign. In the 1954 Senate special election, Thurman defeated Brown. He was the first write-in candidate to win a U.S. Senate election, and until the re-election of Alaska Senator Lisa Murkowski in 2010, he was the only person to accomplish the feat. Two years later, Thurman resigned from his seat to run for re-election under the Democratic Party ticket. Sure enough, Thurman was re-elected with over 90% of the vote. Less than a year after being re-elected, Strom Thurmond led a filibuster against the Civil Rights Act of 1957. The bill, which would protect black voting rights and send troops to the Deep South to forcibly integrate schools, was expected to be signed by President Eisenhower. To prevent the bill from leaving the Senate, Thurmond filibustered the bill. Back then, the rules of filibusters required the senator leading it to keep talking continuously, remain in the chamber, and stay standing for the entirety of the filibuster. In advance of the filibuster, Thurman took daily steam baths to dehydrate his body so as to reduce his need to use the restroom. Despite this, he eventually needed to relieve himself by urinating in a metal bucket in the Senate coat room. 
He also reportedly ate pieces of cooked ground beef to sustain himself and sucked on lozenges so as not to lose his voice. In total, the filibuster lasted 24 hours and 18 minutes before Thurmond finally stopped and allowed the Civil Rights Act to pass. It was signed soon after by President Eisenhower. Thurmond continued to oppose efforts to integrate public facilities, which were kickstarted by the 1954 Supreme Court decision Brown v. Board of Education. In the 1960 presidential election, Thurmond again refused to support the Democratic candidate, Massachusetts Senator John F. Kennedy, and his running mate, Texas Senator Lyndon Johnson. However, he fell short of endorsing the Republican ticket, consisting of Vice President Richard Nixon and UN Ambassador Henry Cabot Lodge Jr. In protest of both major candidates supporting integration, several electors instead cast their votes for Democratic Virginia Senator Harry Byrd. Alabama and Mississippi's delegates gave 14 electoral votes to Byrd and Thurmond, while one Oklahoma delegate voted for Byrd and Republican Arizona Senator Barry Goldwater. Kennedy won the election. During the election, Thurmond's wife Jean died from a brain tumor at the age of 33. In 1964, Goldwater and New York Representative William E. Miller went on to run against Johnson, who became president following the assassination of President Kennedy and his running mate, Minnesota Senator Hubert Humphrey. Thurmond decided to switch from the Democratic Party to the Republican Party to campaign for Goldwater. Johnson later defeated Goldwater, but Thurmond remained a Republican for the rest of his life. In 1968, the 66-year-old Strom Thurmond married Nancy Moore, who was 22 years old. The two later had four children. In the 1968 presidential election, Thurmond surprisingly refused to endorse the American Independent Party candidate, notoriously segregationist Alabama Governor George Wallace, as he believed voting for a third-party candidate was a waste. Instead, he opted to support Republican candidate Richard Nixon, whom he saw as the lesser of the two evils. Nixon won, and from then on, Thurmond supported Republican presidential candidates, including Gerald Ford, Ronald Reagan, George H.W. Bush, Bob Dole, and George W. Bush. During his 1978 re-election campaign, Thurmond renounced his segregationist beliefs, although he asserted that these views were not based on racism, but rather on states' rights. Totally coincidentally, this ideological shift occurred around the time that black people began to make up 30% of South Carolina's voting population. From 1981 to 1987, the Republican Party controlled the Senate, and as the longest-serving Republican, Thurmond became president pro tempore. He also held this position from 1995 to 2001. In 1991, Thurmond and his wife Nancy separated. On December 5, 2002, Thurmond celebrated his 100th birthday, making him the first U.S. Senator to reach this age. That year, he declined to run for re-election, and in January of 2003, Thurmond left the Senate. At the time, he was the longest-serving senator in U.S. history, a record that would later be surpassed by Robert Byrd and Daniel Inouye. Then, on June 26, 2003, 
Strom Thurmond died from heart failure in his hometown of Edgefield, South Carolina, at the age of 100. Now, remember that 16-year-old black housekeeper that Thurmond had an affair with back in 1925? Well, it turned out that he had fathered a child with her. Shortly after Thurman's death, 78-year-old Essie Mae Washington Williams publicly revealed that she was Thurman's biological daughter. The Thurman family acknowledged her relationship to them, and her name was added to the list of Strom Thurman's children on his memorial plaque. Essie Mae Washington Williams died on February 4, 2013, in Columbia, South Carolina, at the age of 87. I hope you enjoyed this episode of Historia Obscura. I certainly enjoyed writing it. If you want to suggest an episode of Historia Obscura, send me a voice message at anchor.fm slash historiaobscura slash message. Feel free to leave your name and location, and if I like your idea, I'll make an episode of it and give you credit. Additionally, if you want to support this podcast, go to patreon.com slash historiaobscura and become a patron. And of course, I can't go without once again thanking this episode's sponsor, Anchor. They are by far the easiest way to make a podcast, so if you want to make your own, go to anchor.fm. With that said, this is Jack from Historia Obscura, signing off, but not for long.